on! I haven't been on a plane in over two years, and now you want me to jump out of one? It'll be fun! Sunbathing is fun! I'll fly it! Just don't let go of my hand! But I... Ready, steady, jump! Welcome to KidCast, and welcome to 2022! Our first episode of the new year, but episode 7 for all of you who have been on the KidCast journey with us so far. This week, skydiving to studio with me is the sensational... Sean Travers. Sean, that was a dramatic entrance. Do you think you'll be quick to put on that parachute again? Honestly, I don't think I will. I'm not a fan of parachuting. Are you? Uh, am I a fan of parachuting? Well, I feel very proud that I did jump out of that plane. Yeah. That was the second and probably last time that I will jump out of the plane. Uh, the first time was many years ago in Australia. But I was attached to a qualified professional tandem instructor. So I felt a little bit more secure. But oh my goodness, that feeling when you were at the edge of the door of the plane and you were about to leap into the clouds. Ah, It's a thrill. So if you're not going to put on a parachute again, how do you feel about flying? Yeah, I like flying planes. My brother used to be obsessed with planes. We went to France, actually, to see the Airbus factory, and it was really interesting there. We got to visit the Concorde and go inside old planes. And Oh, wow, that's really cool. A, re- yeah. a very interesting visit. That's in Toulouse, right? Yeah. That might actually be a good place to go if you had a fear of flying, because I'd imagine that a large part of that type of fear is not fully getting how a huge aircraft carrying hundreds of people actually stays in the sky. Do you know how that works? Well, to understand it properly, you need to understand the difference between the plane's wings and engines because they do different jobs. So basically, the engines make the plane go forward and the wings make it move upwards. Right. Okay, I'm with you so far. So the engines make a force called thrust. That's when something's pushed forward at great speed. And when that happens, the wings separate the air that's moving through. So some of the air pushes above the wing and some of the air pushes under the wing. Is that pushing force like a pressure? Exactly. Now, because the wing is curved on the top and flat on the bottom, it takes a bit longer for the air to push over the top than the bottom. So that means the pressure at the top of the wing is lower than the pressure at the bottom. And as the plane moves faster and faster, the pressure under the wing increases and increases until it lifts the plane and basically overcomes gravity. But that's a topic for another KidCast episode. (laughs) Thankfully, because that is an awful lot for us to get our heads around today. But that was a really good explanation, Sean. I think I might put up a photo on our KidCast podcast Facebook page and on KidCast pod on Instagram and it'll show exactly what you've just described. Now, speaking of flying, you had a long journey to our Around the World guest this week. Can you tell us what else is coming up on the show? Yeah, you're right. It's about a 15-hour plane ride from here to Canada. A little later, Isaac thinks he'll be the first person to beat us with his mystery sounds. We're going to have a little music on KidCast. And if you'd like to be a children's illustrator when you grow up, you're going to love Sheena Dempsey's interview. But before all that, do you want to hear my riddle? Yes, I do. Okay, this is going to be a hard one. Rot runs but cannot walk, has a mouth but no teeth, and has a bed but cannot sleep. Oh, the three things I have to think of there. Right. Runs (laughs) can't walk, mouth can't speak. Bed can't, what was it? Sleep. Sleep. Blank. Complete and utter blank. So I am going to buy myself some time and buy our listeners some time and head over to Charlotte Rose and Juliet in the newsroom. Kit Cast News. Hi, 
I'm Charlotte Rose. And I'm Juliette. Reporting for KidCast News. In this week's headlines, Peruvian mummy discovered, Ireland's race to the Winter Olympics, the lost penguin, and crocodiles relocated. A mummy has been unearthed in Peru during excavation of a site near the country's capital of Lima. The mummy's body was found tied up by ropes with the hands covering its face. Archaeologists estimate the body to be around 800 years old and they plan to use radiocarbon dating to determine a more precise age. That's basically the bones of that story. Ireland first sent a team of athletes to the Winter Olympics in Albertville, France over 20 years ago. And now, top Irish athletes are competing for a place at Beijing 2022. Some of the sports the Irish are hoping to qualify for are snowboarding, the luge, a small sled, and the skeleton. This is where you lie face down, head first, and race down a frozen track as fast as you can. I like the sound of that one. An Adelie penguin accidentally travelled to New Zealand, about 3,000 kilometres from its home in the Antarctic. The lost penguin was discovered waddling on a beach and was treated for dehydration and malnutrition, but has since returned home to its natural habitat. Now there's a happy feed story. Nearly 200 crocodiles have been relocated from a lake at the Statue of Unity in India to two rescue centres. The Statue of Unity is the world's tallest statue, and so the reptiles pose a great risk to visitors to the area. No croc infest? That's the best. I'm Charlotte Rose. And I'm Juliette. And that's your KidCast News. Thanks so much, Charlotte Rose and Juliet. Sean, isn't that mad how nearly 200 crocodiles had to be taken from one lake and relocated to another? Yeah, but I'd like to know where they were brought to so I can avoid that lake too. Good point. I think we need to find that out because we're not going to that lake. You know that more than half the lakes in the world are in Canada. Are you serious? Yeah, the country has more than 3 million lakes and two of the world's largest lakes. Great Slave Lake and Great Bear Lake. Do you think they have a great crocodile lake? I'm not sure, but maybe BB and Astrid can tell us. Hi, I'm BB. And I am Astrid. And we're from Ontario, Canada. Canada is located in the top half of North America, but it is an independent country that is not part of the US. We are surrounded by the Pacific, Atlantic, and Arctic Oceans. The capital of Canada is Ottawa, but Toronto is our largest city. Canada has two official languages, English and French, and a population of 38 million people. Hi, Bibi. Hi, Astrid. Welcome to KidCast. So first I have to ask... Are there crocodiles in the Canadian lakes? No, there isn't any crocodiles in the Canadian lakes. Crocodiles aren't native. They're like warmer places. You said Canada has two official languages. What is your first language? English. Well, we're in luck then, because Ireland has two official languages too, English and Irish, but English is my first language too. Does it snow a lot in Canada? In the winters, it snows a lot. Like, right now it actually is snowing. Oh, and how cold is it in the winters? It can drop down to at least 20 minus degrees Celsius. 
Gee, that is a lot. Astrid, what do you like to do in the snow? I like fighting your neighbor, Chris. Do you mean snowball fighting? No, like wrestling. <laughs> Who normally wins? Us. Good, I'm glad to hear it. What type of food do you like to eat? We eat like normal food, like pizza, spaghetti, and burgers and stuff. My favorite food is my mom's homemade macaroni and cheese. Sounds yum. But what's the typical Canadian dish? We have two, poutine or pancakes and maple syrup. What's poutine? It's like fries with cheese and gravy all over it, and it's delicious. Sounds really nice. In your school, do you wear uniforms? No. No. I don't like wearing uniforms, but I have to. Is it a mixed school? Yeah. Yes. Mine is an all-boys school. Do you have all-boys schools in Canada? I think so. There's not a lot of them. So how long's your school day? So we get our school bus at about 8.45 and we get home around 4. That's a very long school day. I get home at 3 o'clock. What type of sports are played in Canada? Hockey, baseball and soccer and football and all of those. And do you play those sports? No, but I used to play a sport called rugby. Oh, that's really popular here. We absolutely love skiing. We go skiing all the time. How far do you need to go to ski? About 10 minutes away from us. Wow, that's really close. Basically, we just go there and meet up with my grandpa because he works there. And so does my nana. So we go and meet up there and then ski for the entire day. Astrid, you're seven. Can you ski on your own? Yes. I can ski on my own when I was four and I can do black runs. I'm just a little more afraid because once I took a big tumble on these bumpy bits, so I'm always kind of scared of them now, but I still go on them. Wow, that's incredible. What's your favorite music and TV show? We like all types of music, and our favorite TV show, we have two really big favorites. It's called Teen Titans and Gabby's Dollhouse. Very interesting. Justin Bieber's from Canada, isn't he? Yes, and the best bit is that now he's kind of sponsoring Tim Hortons, so now we have uh, Tim Bits that are called Tim Biebs, sponsored by Justin Bieber. And what are those? Tim Bits are like donuts where they cut the middle out. It's kind of like that, so they're kind of like mini donut balls. And there's all different types. There's chocolate, birthday cake, coconut, and they're really yummy. They sound really nice. If I was to visit Canada on holidays, what top three things would you recommend I do? First of all, I think you guys should go skiing. Second of all, I think you guys should try poutine and Timbits and like pancakes and maple syrup and stuff. And third of all, I haven't mentioned this yet, but there's a really lovely place called Niagara Falls where you get to see some big falls. And I would definitely recommend you guys going there because it is so beautiful. Now I really want to go to Canada. The best thing for me about Canada is the weather. The summers are all lovely and warm, and the winters are really cool and cold. Thanks, Bibi and Astrid, for joining me on KidCast today. It was lovely meeting you both. Bye. 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 That was a lovely interview. Thank you, Bibi and Astrid. And a big thanks to the Vancouver Children's Choir who were singing the Canadian National Anthem there too. Have you ever been to Canada, Sean? Uh, I actually haven't, but I'd love to go. Have you ever been to Canada? 
No, I haven't. But I'm going to put it on my list of places to do. My long list that is growing the longer that we do more <laughs> KidCast episodes. I've already discussed my love of maple syrup on pancakes on this show. But I would really love to see the Niagara Falls that BB mentioned. And I read somewhere that there's a hotel made out of ice in Quebec. And they have to rebuild it every year. So I would probably stay there. You'd probably need to bring a hot water bottle. True. Although things are going to heat up here in a minute in the battle of Kidcast versus Isaac. Mystery Sounds. Hey, I'm Isaac with today's Mystery Sounds. Hi, Isaac. Hello. Are you ready for my first sound? Are you ready for his first sound, Sean? I think I am. Right, me too. I think I am. I'm getting nervous now. Okay, Isaac, play us your first sound. Well, that was quick. Yeah, that's a hard one. (laughs) I was hoping that was going to go on for a bit longer. Okay, Sean, Hmm. any ideas? Uh, It could be like paper being ripped, but I'm not sure. Paper being ripped? Okay. Isaac, uh, is he in the right area with paper? Yes. Right. Kay. Okay. So, are you going? Do you think will we listen to it one more time? Yeah. And and make sure that we're yeah. gonna we're gonna go for our answer because we really want to beat Isaac today, don't we, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's gonna happen, Isaac? I don't know. Are you optimistic? Kind. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. Well, let's play it one more time and see if we can give him our last and final guess. It's very then yeah. steady. It's like doom, yeah. doom, doom. So I think if you were ripping it, it'd probably be like short and sharp. Yeah. Like just, so we know we're we're in the right area with paper. Would it be cutting paper? Yeah. yeah. Yay! Oh, well done, Sean. Excellent. Well done, Sean. You guessed my first mystery sound. Excellent. Brilliant. So uh. we, we've a chance here now to have a draw or we can beat Isaac 2-0. Are you ready for my second sound? Yes, I am. Are you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm feeling good now because we're one down. Here we go, sound number 10. Ooh, that's a hard one. I have no idea Mm. what that is. It sounds like something plastic that's moving. Definitely something something moving. Yeah. Plastic, okay. Now you've got the idea of plastic in my head. Clickety-clackety, kind of like... Maybe like a, a toy car or something. A toy car? Are we uh, anyway close with a toy car, Isaac? Um, not really. Not really. Mm. Well, that's fair enough. Okay, we're not on the right <laughs> track with a toy car. Can we listen to it again? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Actually, listening to it twice, it reminded me of when my cats play with cardboard bags and it sounds like it's getting crunched so it could also be so a cardboard bag like some paper getting a paper crunched. bag yeah a paper bag yeah paper crunched. bag yeah or, or like paper or something that's being like no. no 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 okay can we have a clue yeah yeah it's a type of toy so we were on the right track with the toy car a bit at least uh but it's nothing to do with paper Mm-hmm. No. Can we have another clue? <laughs> I think we're breaking the okay. rules of the game. Oh, he's going to give us another clue. He's so nice. It was made in Denmark. Oh, is it Lego? Yeah. 
Oh, wow. I would not have thought that was Lego at all. Let's listen to that again and see if it, yeah. that actually sounds like Lego. Here we go. Is that you, like, putting your hand into a box of Lego yeah, and swear? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's what it was. Well done. Do you know what? If he hadn't said it was made in Denmark... Denmark, we wouldn't have gone. No. It. So I'm not allowing us to accept a point for that. I think we have to officially declare this yeah. as a draw. Are you happy with that, Isaac? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the fairest thing to do today. Thank you so much. They were great. I wonder if any of the listeners uh, got that second one if they and if they just think that we are um, really not on the ball here this morning. Well done for a good game with one point each. Bye. Bye. Which musical instrument is most like the human voice? It has long been taught that the cello is the most human of instruments. It has a wide range and even physically is roughly human size. Hi, I'm Harry. I'm Joseph. And this is Cellist's Chat. Joseph, do you remember when you first heard the cello being played? I think it was probably when my auntie brought her cello over to me and showed me how to play it. The first time I heard it being played was when I was in creche. My teacher used to bring her child in and her child used to play cello for us in the creche. Is that when you decided you liked to play the cello? That is, yes. Joseph, what age did you start playing at? I started playing the cello when I was six years old. I think I'm the same. I started around six, I think. Which size is your cello? I have a half size. There is a quarter size cello, a half size cello and three quarters and full. So for people who are not familiar to the cello, can you please describe it? So the cello has four strings. There's black ebony wood coming down under the strings. And then coming out of the bottom of the cello, there's a spike, which is like a little silver bar that just comes out. And you put that on the ground and you play with your fingers. In the olden days, they didn't have the spike because I think this uh, big guy, his tummy was big and he couldn't fit the cello in between his legs. So he invented the spike. To play the cello, um, you use a bow and sometimes you can um, pluck by just using your fingers. It makes like a quick sound and with the bow it makes a loud or you can make a soft bow. Harry, what did you find most difficult when you first started to play? Um, maybe when you were going into play in front of lots of people, maybe your nerves going in. That was pretty difficult. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes I feel the same. What I found most difficult was um, probably my fingers and my elbow. It was hard for my elbow because whenever say, I was playing, um, sometimes it would go down instead of up. And I would always have to be reminded that I have to lift my elbow up when I'm playing. I sort of had the same problem with the bow. So when I moved the bow along the strings, I'd always just keep getting it wrong, like, if it was an up bow or a down bow. Harry, what do you enjoy most about playing the cello? Well, when I look at the music, my fingers sort of do their own thing and I'm just looking at the music. I think the most enjoyable thing about the cello is the sound. And I love how you can just, you can play different notes at the same time and you you can make it like quiet and loud or like soft. And if you if you go into different positions, you use the same fingers, but it makes a completely different noise. Yeah.
Joseph, how often do you practice your cello? I usually practice in the evenings or in the mornings. I don't usually practice on a Friday, but when I have like an exam or something coming up, I would have to practice then. That's the exact same for me. I try to play once a day apart from on a Friday because normally my friends come over after school. Harry, have you ever played in a concert or a recital? Yes, I have played in a concert like a summer concert or I do Christmas concerts. What about you? I played in a few concerts as well and I played in a quartet once. What's a quartet? You play with four people. And are they on different instruments? Yeah, the three of them are violins and I was um, a cello. Thanks a lot, Joseph, for chatting to me about the cello. Lovely to talk to a fellow cellist. Bye. Bye. Well, that was just fabulous. Thank you so much, Harry and Joseph. You're both so talented. And it was really, really interesting to hear all about the cello. Do you play an instrument, Sean? Uh, Yeah, I play a few. A few? Yeah. Uh, Just a few. You say that very um, blasé. How many instruments? I've uh, a keyboard. Very good. Are you Uh, self-taught or did you take lessons? Yeah, I'm self-taught, but I'm thinking of doing lessons on it. And do you sing and play at the same time? Yeah, I like singing as well. Oh, excellent. And what other instrument do you play? I used to play a lot of guitar and I also used to play drums. So you could be a one-man band is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Well, keep an eye out for those beautiful pieces we just heard from Harry and Joseph because we'll be putting up the full version on our KidCast podcast Facebook page and on KidCast pod on Instagram too. Oh, and speaking of Facebook and Instagram, there is also a website, kidcast.ie. Now, we're certainly not promoting that you spend all your time online here at KidCast, but you have to admit it is very handy, isn't it? Yeah. I think I'm spending too much time on the internet. Why is that, Shawnee? Because all I can see are spots. Have you seen an optician? No, no, just spots. Did you know? The internet was first created in 1969, so American intelligence could share secret information. Did you know more than half of the population of the world uses the internet today? Did you know one in five internet users in the world come from China? This might explain why there is a center for internet addicts in China. Did you know Google is the most popular website in the world? Did you know over 70% of emails are spam? Did you know the internet and the World Wide Web are not the same thing? The internet is a network that connects millions of computers. The World Wide Web is a way of accessing that network. It's like the internet is the motorway, and the World Wide Web is a car on the motorway. Did you know, even though Wi-Fi needs a wireless connection, the word doesn't actually stand for anything. The inventors just liked it because it rhymes with hi-fi. Did you know, in 2010, Finland became the first country to make access to the internet a legal right to its citizens? Well done to all the students at Drama Den in Donabate for bringing us a wealth of knowledge about the internet this week. Sean, what kind of access do you have to the internet in your house? Like, do you have a cut-off time when you're no longer allowed to go online? No, but, like, after eight or nine o'clock, you kind of, like, would put them, like, away for a bit. Okay. That's yeah. something that you just kind of decide yeah. to do yourself. That's even better, really, that, that yeah. you kind of decide that that's a, a good thing for me to do. Why do you think we need rules when we're using the internet? 
Well, because, like, you need to rest your mind sometimes. Like, you need to do other stuff. Maybe, like, go outside. You can't, like, spend all your day on the internet. You're absolutely right. Because once you go on the internet, yeah. you start, you're like, oh, that site's interesting, and that site's interesting, and that site's interesting. And then suddenly you might have been on it for hours and hours. Yeah, yeah. and it's purposely designed that way, so that will happen. But having said that, I think technology and computers and the internet are absolutely incredible. And yeah. they've changed our lives in so many cool ways but I guess just like other lots of cool and useful things the internet can be dangerous sometimes like you know when you were smaller you were taught how to use a scissors properly yeah because it can be dangerous and when you're a bit older you're taught how to boil a kettle and to make a cup of tea so you don't burn yourself yeah yeah so useful things but they can be dangerous so we need to use them properly yeah so what do you do to stay safe on the internet So the first thing I do is set my privacy settings on some games and social medias I use. So only people I know in real life can access my information. Well, that's a good tip and very important because you wouldn't want to discover when you're 30 that someone has been pretending to be Sean Travers for years and using your name and your address and your photos. You know, I read before that house insurance companies won't insure your home if you're burgled and you have posted online that you're not at home. Like if you put up a photo of yourself and said, loving this gelato in Rome today. Any idea where that might be? Uh, nothing's coming to the top of my mind. Okay, well, if you think about it, if an insurance company can find you online saying, I'm off on my holidays, you're kind of saying to people, my house is free, there's no one at home, come and rob me. (laughs) Doesn't it make sense? Yeah, I just realised now, actually, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't wear a t-shirt saying, I'm going to not be in my house for a few days. Exactly. Like, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm also really careful about what I post and write online because I know it's there forever. Yeah, you're right. I think if you're in your own house or like in your room, you might post or say something that you wouldn't normally if that person was standing right in front of you. So if you come across a video or a photo of someone who is being nasty online, what would you do with that? Well, first I'd get evidence. So I'd screenshot or take a photo. Then I'd report it and I'd block them so they can't contact me. And then I delete it. All very, very wise advice, Sean. Thank you so much for that. And then, of course, if you do everything that you've suggested, that really allows you to enjoy the internet. Because do you know what I was just thinking? This podcast wouldn't even be possible without the internet. So you obviously need the internet to listen to KidCast. But of course, if you're traveling with bad reception, you can download it too. And all the children involved in KidCast either email or message us their voice notes. And and Zoom lets us connect with people all over the world. Speaking of Zoom, this week I Zoomed Irish children's illustrator Sheena Dempsey for When I Grow Up. Hi Sheena, thank you so much for joining me on KidCast today. Hi Sean, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. So first of all, can I ask you, did you always want to be an illustrator? I think when I was younger, like maybe about your age, I started thinking about what I would do with my life, I suppose. And I was thinking I always loved drawing and I didn't realise that illustration was a thing. So I went into fine art. I wasn't very suited to it. It wasn't until I was in my like mid 20s that I really realised that illustration was what I really wanted to do. And at that point, I moved away to London and I did a master's in illustration. Very interesting. So how did you become an illustrator? So I started making all these funny little cartoons and cards for my colleagues at these restaurants that I was working in. And they were all kind of well received. So I was like, I think illustration is really where I should be kind of focusing my energies on. 
And I bought, I remember buying loads of like children's books, like The Incredible Book Eating Boy. Do you know that book by Oliver Jeffries? I don't think I do. So I was really falling in love with like children's books. That's when I kind of made that decision to pursue that. So how many books have you illustrated? I think at this point, I've actually illustrated over 30 books. I've done picture books and chapter books and middle grade and kind of baby books. And yeah, I've done the full kind of range. (laughs) And you've written some of your own books, is that right? That's right, actually. So when I went to that university in London, I actually was really lucky because I got offered a two book deal and that was with Walker Books. So they were the first kind of two books that I worked on. and I also wrote those. But then I kind of got very busy like illustrating and I kind of put the writing to one side but at the moment, I'm I'm returning to that. So I'm working on some kind of new stuff and I'm writing and it's really, really nice to be writing again. Very interesting. How long does it take you usually to illustrate a book? It depends on the kind of book. So those kind of chapter books with the black and white illustrations that you see around probably eight or eight year olds kind of are often like lots and lots of illustrations, but they're spots. So they're kind of little drawings on the page. They don't take too much time. So they only take like about two months. And then picture books tend to take longer because... Even though there's only 12 spreads, it can be quite like a complex thing to kind of work out where everything is. And the, the colour for me does take a long time. So for a picture book, I'd be looking at like four to six months kind of thing. I thought it would take like two or three months. By spread, do you mean page? Basically, the double page when there's two pages that face each other, that's called a spread. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Including the end papers and the kind of title page and the cover. There's 32 pages in most picture books. What is your favourite book that you've illustrated? The most recent book that I've drawn is Bad Panda, which is by Swapnahado and it's published by Faber. And that book um, I quite like still. And overall, though, I find that this book, Yoga Babies, I'm still quite proud of. The kids really responded to the artwork. I think I'm quite proud of that one, too. What was your favourite part of the book? In Bad Panda, it's really fun because um, there are actually about like 35 pages of comics. Uh, it's written partly in kind of um, te- like text and then there's these comic book pages. And I really, really love drawing in, in comics. So that was really, really fun. Do you ever get stuck for ideas? Um, I think when you're illustrating for others, not really, because the text is kind of there. So you just have to kind of, you really have to just interpret it visually. Where do you get your inspiration from? Inspiration, it's a tricky question, but I, I'd say I read a lot. I read a lot of what other people are doing. At the moment, I'm reading um, a brilliant series, which is very inspiring. It's called Phoebe and Her Unicorn. I don't know if you know these books. And they're comics and they're very, very funny. And I really, really like them. I've just discovered them. So I'm very inspired at the moment by those. Well, where do you take your inspiration from? I like looking at the internet to see what other people have drawn. Sometimes I like just looking outside and seeing random stuff and making something out of them. I like drawing in a cartoony style usually, but sometimes I do like sketching and also using some uh, black and white ink. Cool. Yeah, really fun. Has an author ever completely rejected your ideas? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, I think the the job of the publisher is to act between the two so that they would never, that wouldn't really happen. I don't think usually. Yes, you do get notes and they're like, can you do this differently or whatever? But like the author wouldn't be the one kind of calling all the shots, you know, that kind of way. So they can't go mad just saying, oh, I pictured her with curly hair instead of straight hair and stuff like that. You know, it's just that wouldn't happen because it's the illustrator's vision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right, Sheena, this is my last question. Do you have any good jokes? I have a joke about an illustrator. Uh, what do you call an illustrator with a, with a criminal past? What? Sketchy. <laughs> oh, good one. Uh, why are most artists struggling with finances? Why? Because <laughs> they have no money. <laughs> Those artists. 
Well, thanks again, Sheena, for joining us on KidCast, and it was great fun chatting to you. And thank you so much for having me, and best of luck with all of your drawings, and keep it up. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 Well done, Sean, on a great interview. And thanks again to Sheena Dempsey for bringing us into her world of children's illustration. I know you love art, Sean. Was that ever a job that you considered doing? Yeah, kind of. Like, I want to be an art teacher and I also want to make music in my spare time. That sounds like a wonderful career. I am absolutely woeful at art. I struggle to draw the basic sort of flower. So I am in awe of people like you and like Sheena who can do such wonderful drawings. Now, Sean, about half an hour ago, you challenged us with a riddle. Can you remind us what it was? Okay. What runs but cannot walk, has a mouth but no teeth, and a bed but cannot sleep? I'm not going to pretend that I have any clue what this riddle is, and I am completely and utterly ashamed of myself because I I, I thought I was better than this. Does this riddle come with any clues? No. Oh, gosh. Okay, (laughs) right. Give us the answer. Right. Are you ready? Yes. A river. Oh, very good. That is excellent. Really, really good. I would love to know if anyone at home got that because I think that was like a Mensa level riddle. And if you at home have any riddles for our co-hosts or questions or jokes or art, seeing as we were listening to Sheena today, I'd love to see your art at home. And you can email any of those to info at kidcast.ie or you can message us at Kidcast Podcast on Facebook or Kidcast Pod on Instagram. We always get so excited when we hear from our listeners. And here's a few with this week's Five High Fives. High Fives from Grace, Eva and Dara in Carnivalan County, Cork. I'm Lily with a big high from Rimball County, Galway. Thumbs up from Harry and Hugo in Furhouse, South Dublin. High five, I'm Harrison from Carnivalan in County, Galway. High five from Danica. High five from Rain in Hollywood, County Wicklow. And, and high five to all of you at home. home. So that's it for episode seven. Many, many thanks for everyone who made it possible. Charlotte Rose and Juliet in the newsroom, Bibi and Astrid in Canada, Isaac's Mystery Sounds, Sarah, Emma and our cellists, Harry and Joseph, Sean and Rory and the students at Drama Den and Donna Bate, illustrator Sheena Dempsey, and last but certainly not least, Sean Travers. I'm Kara O'Donoghue and you've been listening to KitKat. Tune in again next time and don't forget to follow, follow us online and, and subscribe. subscribe. Bye. Bye.